Welcome to Gathering Gold, a podcast for highly sensitive souls. I'm Cheryl Paul, a counselor trained in the Jungian depth psychological tradition. And I'm Victoria Russell, Cheryl's niece and co-host. This podcast explores some of the themes highlighted in my book, The Wisdom of Anxiety, and my Conscious Transitions blog. Join us as we dive into the realms of our inner worlds to ask deep questions, grow more self-trust and self-love, and embrace sensitivity, creativity, and the rhythms of the natural world. If you would like to connect with me, Victoria, and others in the Gathering Gold listener community and support the podcast to help us continue our work, please consider joining our Patreon at patreon.com slash gatheringgold. To learn more about Cheryl's course offerings, including courses to support you in breaking free from anxiety in all forms, learning to trust yourself, and becoming more comfortable with uncertainty, please visit Cheryl's website, conscious-transitions.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Cheryl is at Wisdom of Anxiety, and I am at Perennials Podcast. Thank you for listening. Today we are talking about a topic that kind of grew naturally from our last conversation about slowing down. When we stopped recording a few weeks ago, we kept talking you and I, Cheryl, and we were talking about slowing down in moments of conflict or moments when we get really spiked, either just in our own heads or with our partner. And Cheryl, you talked about this EFT, emotion-focused therapy technique of slowing down and taking a pause. Mm -hmm. And so you and I just got talking about how powerful it is to pause in general um, and how anxiety just wants us to move so fast and fix things like not just now, but five minutes ago and Mm -hmm. find the resolution when actually sometimes we really just need to pause. Mm And just a couple days after our conversation, I had had the experience of getting into an argument with my partner and completely failing to pause. (laughs) And in the moment, I could feel, you know, I I could just hear our conversation replaying in my head about how important it is to pause and how powerful it is to pause, but also how difficult it is because our nervous systems just get so ramped up. And that was totally what happened. Um, Martin and I were leaving a party and it was a hundred degrees that day and it was an outdoor baby shower. And so we were hot and (laughs) we were tired and I had um, made all the centerpieces for the party. So I had been so excited and happy to do it, but also just, you know, a little bit stressed, just wanting to make sure they all came out right. And I got them there on time and nothing broke and all of that. So all of that combined with socializing 
at a party when I don't do that very often anymore. (laughs) I had reached my limit of stimulation and you know that acronym HALT? Hungry, angry, lonely, Mm. tired. Mm -hmm. I was going through that in my head like I'm a little hungry. I'm angry now. (laughs) I'm definitely tired. And something about socializing sometimes can actually make me feel a little bit lonely, even though I love the friends that I was with, but a party can make me feel lonely. So meanwhile, Martin was asking me about making plans for the next day. He wanted to go up to New Paltz, New York to visit his friends and go rock climbing and go to a swimming hole. And he wanted me to join and I had to stay home and work. And I didn't want to stay home and work, but I knew I had to. And he just kept asking me and kept pushing for me to just come. And it became this full-blown, like really, really fiery argument. Mm. Because there was different symbolic meaning around all of it for both of us. Mm -hmm. And I could not pause. Like, I just kept ramping it up and escalating it. And then, of course, I felt really ashamed because I knew better and I did that anyway. Mm. But finally, Mm. we got home and we got into the air conditioning and I said, let's just (laughs) lie down in a very dark air conditioned room. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we eventually found our pause and were able to patch things up. But it was a rocky road and it took a really long time. Um, to get to the pause. Mm. It's such a good story because it's so hard. It's such a simple idea. Just pause. Just take a break. Take five minutes. Take 10 seconds. But when our amygdala, limbic system, whatever, is all fired up, It's actually incredibly difficult to put on the brakes and slow down that train. And sometimes I'm not even sure it's physiologically possible. We get so churned up. It is like a moving train and you can't just stop. So I say that also for the shame antidote for you and for all of us, because we do know better, but the knowing, the prefrontal cortex is not what's activated in a moment of argument. It's our most primal survival place that gets triggered. So it's really, really hard to do. There is so much power in the pause with ourselves in the world in an activated moment, with our children, with a friend. There's so much power in it. And when we can remember to do it, we give ourselves this huge gift of interrupting the flood, the tidal wave of energy. And then we can pull back, get a different part of our brain online, be curious, And so this phrase that has been encoded into us, my husband and I, from EFT, Emotionally Focused Therapy, slow it down, slow it down, 
Slow, let's slow it down. Sometimes in the moment we can do it, which is great and we're getting better at it. But it's, it's also good to come back and say, oh, let's revisit that moment and let's slow it down as if we could elongate time and stretch it out like a coiled up neutron star that contains so much information, wounding, trauma maybe, needs. And we can't possibly know what are in those moments of trigger and activation unless we can slow it down eventually, either then or later. And then we can unravel the moments of collision. So I have historically been very, very bad at pausing, especially with my husband. I have been quick to react, quick to fire. I am very fiery. It's a side that sometimes people are surprised to hear about about me because <laughs> it's it's not what comes through here and in my work. But I have real fire in me and anger. And it's taken me a really, 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 really long time to learn how to not react and to take a breath and to notice my trigger reaction in my body, where it lives, where it lands in my body, but to not act on that, to stay quiet, to zip my lip, to hold it, to watch it, to let it pass, to become curious about it. So without access to the pause, we have no access to that choice point that we hear about, we talk about, right? The Viktor Frankl quote between stimulus and response. There is a moment, there is a pause, there is a choice, but we can't activate access the choice without the pause. The pause actually comes first. We have to pause long enough to remember I have a choice and it's all happening so fast, lightning fast when we're triggered. And so for me, this is where practice outside of those trigger moments comes in. And this is why I love this conversation about pausing, because unlike conversations around meditating or journaling or yoga, which require skills and time, pausing is this incredibly doable practice that can literally take 10 seconds. And we build on those 10 seconds throughout a day, and then maybe we're at a minute, and then maybe we're at two minutes. So there's such power and potency in, for example, 
when I walk across our yard from our house out to my studio, I will often, not always, I will often stop halfway through the yard or somewhere in that 40-step walk to take in the beauty, take in the light on the trees, take in the feeling of the grass underneath my feet if I'm barefoot, take in the sound of the creek, the water flowing. If it's nighttime, it's some of my favorite time to pause, especially in winter. And I walk across, let's say from my studio back to the house, and I have my computer and my date book and my phone and I'm holding it all and I'm all bundled up and my feet are crunching, my boots are crunching in the snow and then I stop and I look up and there's the night sky filled with stars and sometimes I can hear an owl hooting and sometimes it's just silence. And it's like my whole being fills with breath and with the goodness of that moment. It might only be 10 seconds and it changes something. And so these pause points, we've done episodes on morning and night. Um, I talk about these portals, pause points in my work, going in and out of a doorway, pausing at doorways. They add up. They add up. And so... A one-minute pause, what to start to notice how does that change things so that as a practice, when we are triggered and activated, then we have this reservoir inside of us. We have this memory in our nervous system of, oh right, I know how to pause, I know how to stop, I know how to how to pull back for a minute from my tendency to jump in and react. Also with our own intrusive thoughts. That pause point is everything because it's in that one second before we react, interpret, do our normal stuff that we've habitually learned to do to manage an anxious thought or feeling or experience, we might be able to say, how else could I respond in this moment? But it hinges on the pause. I'm so struck 
by the image of you walking across the yard at night in winter and mm. pausing because it's unexpected. Hmm. And that's so perfect because what we're talking about is going against the habitual yes. reactive response. It's yeah. not really habitual to stop mm-hmm. in the middle of a cold winter night and look up. You could very easily be like, oh, I'm done with work. I'm just going to get in the house as soon as possible. Yes. But you go against that habit and you have a, a moment, 10 seconds, 30 seconds, whatever it is, mm-hmm. of maybe some peace or tranquility or mm-hmm. You notice some beauty, you catch your breath. Maybe the cold kind of feels good. Maybe you got really warm in your studio and the cold feels nice on your face. Mm-hmm. And the stars are really clear. Yeah. It's so powerful because we all know that our habits are are strong mm-hmm. and it's hard to carve new neural pathways, but it's possible. And I think it's so important to keep in mind that what you're talking about in that pause is not some magical revelation washing over you and making it all okay. It's just noticing and making a choice. Yeah. It might not feel mystical, because it's not. <laughs> it's noticing and making a choice. And I say that just because, I don't know, I think brains like mine often hear this stuff and, and assume that we should be feeling some sort of transcendent quality around anything having to do with mindfulness or presence or... Mm-hmm personal growth, whatever. And it's actually magically mundane, Mm. my experience. Mm. It's certainly not always transcendent when I pause. And it's wonderful when I have a moment of connecting to the sky and the stars and the trees. And most times it is that for me at this stage of my life and also because we're so lucky to live where we live. But it's not always that. And I think the point is not to experience anything in particular, but to just notice, to just, to just pause. So I'm having this image of of adding commas throughout a day because a pause is not a full stop. It's not a period. It's just these little commas, right? These kind of cute little punctuation marks that we can just kind of stick in there throughout a day. And I'm having this other image of people in big cities like New York City and what it would be like if everybody 
pause sometimes and just stopped in the middle of a sidewalk and looked around and noticed how it's what you're saying, Victoria. I think that's why this thought came to my mind. It's so counterintuitive and countercultural and counterhabitual. And when I stop in the middle of my yard, I sometimes have the thought, I wonder what my neighbors think about me. Because (laughs) (laughs) you don't normally see somebody just stopping in the middle of a yard and doing nothing, just standing there. I've even wondered if my husband, like he's – you know, standing at the sink doing dishes or something. He's never said anything, but I literally do it almost every day. And it's just it's just what I do. And so I really don't care what anyone's thinking, but it does cross my mind because it stands out to me as well in terms of, hmm, this isn't something you normally see people do. And you know what comes to my mind a lot is this story from Pema Chodron, mm. who I heard this in, in some talk that she gave. If I can figure out which one it was, I will link to it in the show notes. She was talking about when you're really upset, angry, annoyed, say you're annoyed at someone named Ruth, <laughs> she says, you know, just put a dot in between some of your yammering on. So she's like, you know, you might go Ruth, 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 Ruth. And so she was acknowledging like, you're not gonna just become an enlightened monk and not even be mad at Ruth anymore. But can you put a dot Mm. in the storyline and the mental noise that's going round and round in your head, like you said, to practice Mm -hmm. on the spot. Mm. I can completely hear Pema Chodron telling that story (laughs) in my head. (laughs) It's always stuck with me. It's really good. I'm wondering about halfway through this episode, if we could pause and Mm. just both of us, anybody listening, taking this pause moment like we did in the slowing down episode, just to notice, notice anything that is filtering up, anything, anything at all, as we stop talking for maybe a minute.
What do you notice, Victoria? Hmm. I went through a whole little journey. Which is amazing, right? In just <laughs> one minute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, first I felt self-doubt about things I've said, how I've done so far in this episode. Mm. Wondering what you thought about certain things I said, if I took us in an unhelpful direction at any point. Um, But then I just got this sense of, oh, this feels so humane to pause. Just feels so humane. And I had this image of cutting flowers Hmm. because like I said, I was doing all this flower arranging for that party. And I actually really loved learning about how to do that and Hmm. doing something with my hands. And it was this beautiful pause moment in my days when I was doing some practice, like, and learning about flowers and how to arrange them and how to take care of them and working with them. Like it was a beautiful pause Mm. in my days when I'm normally just doing so much mental work and screen work Mm -hmm. to just say, I'm going to pause and, and snip some eucalyptus right now and Mm. see how it looks against these hydrangeas. And it just reminded me how much I need things like that and how much how hard it is to realize what we need when we don't pause. Yes. Or how easy it is to override that for fear of, I don't know, not being able to give it to myself, maybe. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, I completely love you and (laughs) (laughs) I love that you shared that about the self-doubt and I know that 98% of people listening completely relate to your brain and love you so much for how willing you are to share those journeys and I love that it was a journey that you started there, but then a but came in, but then I had this image and that the image came from your body and I completely felt the beauty. I had chills when you were describing the flowers and your process around it and the arranging and the learning and the need, the craving of it like a flower stem needing the water, like you just kind of sucking up this delicious, nourishing activity with your hands. And that we wouldn't have heard about it. I don't think that moment would have come into this conversation or that experience for you had we not paused and allowed for it. And so I will share what came up for me, but what I want to say first is a pause to me 
feels pregnant. It feels like a pregnant pause. It doesn't mean we might not feel emptiness or self-doubt or loneliness, but it's like this vessel, it's like this womb that we allow to be filled with whatever is present and true for us. It's not always joyful things at all. But the pausing links to so many of our other episodes. It links to dropping into the body. It links to those liminal times, morning and night. It links, of course, to deep conversations and slowing down. So for me, I sat and I was at first just happy to sit in quiet. And then my dreams from last night came. Mm I had two incredibly beautiful, joyful, affirming dreams, which felt like gifts because there's some hard stuff going on right now. And I asked for dreams before I went to sleep. And these, they were so detailed and they were so yummy, both of them. And I didn't have time this morning to write them down in depth, but I just jotted down key images so that I would remember. And one of them, we are in the Jewish month of Av. A new moon started just a few nights ago. And Av means father, but in the progressive feminist Judaism, it's been shifted to include mother ancestors. And it's this month where we are from a more mystical standpoint, invited to connect with ancestors. And so in one of my dreams last night, I was, I won't share the whole dream, but my grandparents were there and it was a huge space, two spaces that they had purchased, like warehouse spaces. And in one of them, the walls were filled, completely filled with family photographs. And in the next room, the walls were filled with books. And my grandparents were in their highest joy, and I was being sort of taken through these spaces by an older cousin of mine who I haven't connected with in a long time, but in the dream, she came to me and she found me and she was hugging me. And so that's what came in the pause, and I do find that quite often when we pause, something comes from that unconscious body layer. And it's where such aliveness, such richness lives. 
Oh my gosh. It's such a beautiful dream. Mm. It really was. And I think when we fear that layer, that can be one of the obstacles to pausing. Mm. Yeah. I think there's a lot of fear in pausing, but I also think so much of it is conditioning and habit. Mm. We're not conditioned. We're not encouraged to pause. When you think about how we raise our children, think about a school day and it's go, 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 go. And there's a bell and then you dash to your next class and there's a bell and you dash to your next (laughs) class. I just did it right before recording. Martin was going to leave so that he wouldn't make any noise in this little apartment while we were <laughs> recording. And I was rushing around like, I don't want to make Cheryl wait. I always make Cheryl wait a couple minutes. <laughs> and Martin tried to give me a hug and a kiss. And I was like, I don't have time. <laughs> yeah. I don't have time, Martin. The same thing happened last night. We were having our housemates down for dinner with us. And I was preparing dinner when Martin came home from work and they were going to be down in a few minutes. And he tried to give me a hug and a kiss. And I said, I don't mm. have time. I'm preparing the dinner. Mm. Mm. And I was just like, wow, this is like cats in the cradle, but like that <laughs> super depressing song. <laughs> so depressing. <laughs> I'm not even going to link to that song in the show notes because it's <laughs> too depressing. So sad. <laughs> But yeah, I think a hug and a kiss for Martin might be in order. When <laughs> I think when he gets home, and he'll yeah. be like, "I don't have time, Victoria. I have to take a shower." <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, but I think you're right too. There is a lot of fear in stopping, in slowing down, and in just pausing. What might we meet? We never know. Mm-hmm. It's a mystery what we're going to meet, who we're going to meet, what characters inside, what emotions, what grief, what loneliness might bubble up in a pause, but also what joy, what dream, what peaceful memory of an experience that brought peace we can allow for that too this has come up in other episodes too but I think it's worth repeating because it's so It is true for me, and I would imagine it is for others, that I do find humor to be helpful with this. Hmm. Maybe because if I already am kind of ramped up, it's like a way of diverting the energy rather than trying to cut it off, if that Mm. makes sense. Mm -hmm. So with Martin, like 
last night, I was, I was kind of frantically trying to finish making dinner, but I was making fun of myself too. So I was like, Martin, this isn't for fun and enjoyment and pleasure. <laughs> we have a schedule to stick to. It's good. Put your apron on, you know, like, <laughs> and I good. was poking fun at myself. Yes. And it's like a little, like in Harry Potter, the port keys. When you touch a port key, it's an object that will take you instantly mm. somewhere else. Mm. And sometimes, sometimes humor can do that for me mm. because it's this light, it's like a light touch of awareness of, okay, I see this part of myself and I see what I'm doing. And I don't have to take it so seriously. Mm. Yeah. There was another moment very recently in the past few days when Martin and I just hugged for like a really long time standing in the kitchen. Mm. I don't know how long it was. And I was like, that was so nice. We should do that every day. And it was just a little pause, just a spontaneous pause. Mm -hmm. That reminds me of the Gottman six minute, six minute, six second kiss. Mm. And John Gottman's work, he'll say the six second kiss can change a relationship. Yeah. Not just the quick peck on the cheek or the quick peck on the lips, but that requires a pause. It's like with slowing down, we crave it and we fear it, right? We long for it. We long for the time to be and we're scared of it because we don't know what we'll meet there. But that's why I think the pause is just a much gentler entryway because we're not talking about stopping. We're not talking about dropping everything. Again, it's just putting a little comma into a walk, into those transitional moments, coming back in to the house after you've been at work, pausing in the morning. For me, this is why, one of the reasons why I love prayer is that for me, prayers are, first of all, ways for me to connect to my ancestors because I often say them in Hebrew, but also ways to offer praise, to say thank you, to acknowledge, I see you, world around me. I see you, pink flower. I see you, first tulip. I see you, grass beneath my feet. And the prayer for me helps to create more of a ritual around the pause so that I wake up before doing anything else. The first thing I say are two prayers. One I say silently in my head and one I say out loud. 
And so, to me, prayer and pause are connected. They certainly do not have to be. And I know prayer can be a triggering word for people with religious trauma. It's not that for me. It really is praise more than anything else. Gratitude. But it comes out as prayer because there are these Jewish prayers that we can say throughout a day, at a doorway, before eating. I think that pause before eating is such a powerful one because food is such an incredible gift and so nourishing on so many levels. And we have this tendency to rush through it. And I certainly do rush through eating plenty of times, but but the prayer helps to remind me to pause and really just say, thank you for this food. However that comes for you. And I think it invites a breath. It invites the slowness. It invites an appreciation of the moment, of the the bounty, how lucky we are to have this food before us, about to go into our mouths, how lucky we are. And I love the Thich Nhat Hanh way of approaching that moment, of imagining the sun, all of the elements it took to create the food on your plate, the sun, the earth, all of the microbes and the worms and the earth that create that good nutritious soil, the farmers, the truck drivers who transported the food from the farm to the market, the grocery store workers, the clouds, the rain. The whole world exists in that plate. And if we don't pause, we miss it. We miss it. And so there's just these potent gem moments. And I think food is a very accessible one for people. Of course, you know, food can be very triggering. And if it is that for you, then that wouldn't be necessarily your easiest portal into pause. But if it's not a trigger, then it's a good, it's a good time. It's a good moment. And this is where we can look to religious traditions. Humans have known this for thousands of years. There are potent times to pause that help us to connect to a sense of gratitude, appreciation, awe, goodness. And food is, food is one of them. I'm thinking about your image of pauses as like commas. Mm. And I'm thinking of a semicolon, the way that we use a semicolon to make a little winking face. 
Yeah, I love that. It's friendly. The pause is friendly. It's friendly. You know, there are different ways to think about it and in different types of moments, but one way is like a wink, you know? Oh. Like, remember who you are. Mm. And who oh. you are is loved and good enough mm. and deserving. Mm of rest and food and hugs and all of that good stuff. And sunsets mm-hmm. and stars and the Flowers. bright sun and the moon in the morning. Yes. And rain. And hugs and kisses from your partner. Hmm. has nothing to do with the conversation on pause but this is what's coming to me right now maybe it's the humor bit but we keep talking about punctuation and how a semicolon is like a wink and how a comma is like just friendly it's softer than a period you can totally cut this out victoria but it reminds (laughs) me of (laughs) our little text exchange we had one time about how Texts without an emoji or exclamation points, if it's just a period, it feels so harsh. (laughs) You can't read the tone at all. Yes. But that does actually feel related to me because our days are so harsh without the pause. Mm. Our communication is so harsh without the pause. Yes. And the pause is gentle. It's not you know, locking your partner out of the room and saying, well, I just need to pause. So you're going to sleep on the couch tonight. You know, like yes. pausing is not stonewalling. It's no. breath. Mm. It's a breath. It's a knowing smile. It's a chuckle at yourself. It's a wink or it's a tear, letting yourself have a tear. But it's like you said, it's gentle yeah. and it's humanizing. Mm. Just like those emojis and exclamation points. <laughs> yes, they're gentle. Make our communication more gentle. Yes. Add tone mm. and friendliness. Beautiful. I think that the pause is also an invitation not to punish yourself for whatever you've noticed, but to be happy that you noticed and mm. thank yourself for Noticing. Yes. Mm. So I would like to close with a very simple invitation. I did a longer visualization for our Patreon members on nighttime and bedtime. And our meetup members, right? For our meetup members, correct. Um, For the meetup members. And what I want to suggest now is a shorter version that when it's bedtime, to find a window 
and open it if it's available to you. And to pause, pause at the window. To notice what you see outside. If you're in a city, you might see lots of cars and hear them, but you will probably also see a tree, the sky, maybe some clouds. Nature is all around. And to simply notice. It's a liminal time. It's a heightened time for a lot of people. Notice what happens when you pause at a window at night. Thank you, Cheryl. Mm. Thank you, Victoria. <laughs>